On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we celebrate the one-week anniversary of Rufus's birthday. Oh, and actually, we actually have Jason McIntyre on, and uh, we talk a little bit about the philosophy of analytics, um, and we get a little zen, and then we make some picks. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage is sports game. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where. Rufus is fresh from therapy, so he has uh, Rufus Peabody, sorry, who is a professional sports better, the most feared sports better in the world, and Jeff Ma, who is the um, least feared, what am I? I don't know. The most feared craps player that I know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, and you're not so- allowed to sit down at blackjack tables. I'm allowed to sit, but I'm not allowed to play blackjack. I mean... Which seems like the best yeah, part I mean, about they don't sitting at a blackjack like, table. They don't generally like people sitting and not playing because that. Were you there that day that we had our Vegas guys trip and we were playing craps, and I hit the um, features as a yep. as a shooter? Yeah, and I said they don't make movies about losers. That was. Yep, a, I remember that. That was a, that was a that great. Was a, that was great moments in Jeff Ma gambling history. That was like a ten out of ten from a douchebag moment for oh, me. Oh, it was huge. It was a hu- yeah, it was huge, it was great. Huge for me. Um. Okay. So. We were, we were just talking about something I think that's near and dear to my heart, which is almost like this idea of the, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, about this idea of if there were a philosophy around um, analytics, what would that philosophy be? Or what would the, like the psychology be? And my line has always been that like little things make a difference because that's sort of like the whole analytics thing, somewhat of an optimization problem that you're trying to solve for. And you were saying something different, right? Which is ultimately yeah. that that you know everything is it should be thought of in terms of probabilities. Yeah, thinking probabilities, not indefinites, basically. Thinking indefinites so, is thinking so in narrative. Give us an, give an so, example. Give us an example. Okay. And so I think, and actually what I was talking to my therapist about it was sort of he was talking about how, you know, I'm so good at this in my professional life, like about applying it to like more of my other things in my life. But let's say you're going to the airport. Okay. Let's say I'm in New York city right now. I'm, let's say I'm flying out of Newark or something like that. I have to figure out what time to leave to get to the airport. Um, I'm going to Uber. Let's say if I, if I, I could Uber, I could take public transportation. Um, you know, Uber tells me it's going to be a 30 minute drive, but that's not, that's, that is, if you say, okay, it's going to take me 30 minutes to get there. It's going to take me this many minutes to go through security. Like, that's looking at it the wrong way. That is the me, that's the mean of the distribution of how long it'll take you. It could take you a lot more than 30 minutes to get to the airport, depending, you know, there could be a car crash. Um, there could be more traffic than anticipated. Um, there could be a really long line at security. So it takes you longer than anticipated to get through that. So what you need to think of is the, the, the sort of the distribution there. What's, and so when I decide, it, you know, if, if you want to make sure you're not going to miss your flight, you're going to have to leave really freaking early. And so it comes down to, I guess, what is the cost of missing the flight and how much are you willing, how much time are you willing to 
essentially sacrifice leaving early to sort of guarantee to, to, to make that probability minuscule versus, you know, if I, if I try to get there with essentially get to the gate with like 20 minutes to go till the flight leaves, you know, there's a much bigger chance that I'm going to miss the flight. And there's all these things outside of my control that could happen, but maybe that's the right, that that could be the right thing for me to do. If I know that there's another flight that leaves a half hour later that I could just get on easily or something like that. So, I mean, with all these things, you have to think of like the risk and reward. And um, my therapist actually said something about um, the, the best, uh, this is well before, I don't know, many, many years ago before, medicine was as advanced as it is now, but the best surgeon doing an appendectomy removed a lot of appendixes from healthy people because the cost of removing a healthy appendix is very small compared to the cost of somebody of, of not recognizing appendicitis, not removing it and somebody dying as a result. So with all these things, you sort of have to consider what is the uncertainty in this and what is the sort of risk and, and the reward? What is the well, I'll, cost, I'll add one the thing. Cost of a false positive versus yeah, I'll, a. I'll add one thing to this though, right? Which is ultimately around incentives. So the the doctor has an incentive to remove the appendix. Unfortunately, right? They don't get paid for not removing an appendix. That's a good so, point too. I mean that that's again like what what I what what is the what do you aim for in terms of the amount of time that you arrive at the gate before the flight takes off? It, it, it honestly, it depends. Um, it depends on where I'm flying out of. So if I'm in Las Vegas, I have a lot more of a, I have a, I'm a lot more confident in terms of like, I guess that sort of time window that it'll take me, excuse me, to get to the gate is much narrower. Um, well, you have, you know, drive. I mean, there's, there's fewer, there's, there's also fewer uncertainty, right? Like that's you, exactly what I'm saying. There's few, yeah. there's less uncertainty. There's fewer things, fewer, that fewer, uncertainty. fewer uncertainties. Fewer Whereas uncertainty. if I'm going to the Newark airport, or any of the, you know, New York airports leaving from Manhattan, there's a lot more uncertainty for me. Well, also, if you go to an airport that you've never been to before, exactly, that's, that's where it's like the uncertainty is, is huge. So it's interesting though, because I definitely don't think about the idea of willingness to miss a flight. I think I've only missed from, from a planning perspective, I think I've only ever missed one flight before, i.e. like I, I just didn't plan enough time. That, that's only happened once. So I would say that from an optimization, I'm definitely leaving some money on the table in terms of like, you know, the, co the cost of missing a flight um, in most of these situations certainly is, you know, the in aggregate of all the times that I've arrived too early, I, I, I'm, I'm still losing this game probably. There's also the, so you have to think of the cost, not just as the cost in time, but you have to think of like sort of the cost emotionally and the cost to your well being of having sure. to reschedule things too. Sure. So I think that's why people are so yeah. risk averse and there's people that get to the airport really early. I tend to not get to the airport as early and I also tend to not miss flights, but I've had probably more close calls and having a close call, there can be some stress there. And so yeah. that's, that's negative life EV too. So I don't, I, I love thinking about things like this though. And just because it's clearly like thinking in probabilities is, I mean, I, I think, I mean, it's a play, it should be, I mean, it's applicable in your, you know, everyday life and everything you do and yeah. Yeah. Okay.
Um, let's talk about the most tilted moment of the week for you. I, I know what you mine is here because I'm, I'm I've just got on a roll. And- well, mine is mine is a little bit of a um, somber moment, right? And that tilted moment is um, when I found out that Cheetah had melanoma. Um, I don't know oh, if you yeah. saw this on on, on Instagram, and obviously. I actually haven't talked to him. Um, I know he's on his way back from from England right now or from London. Um, I'll probably call him over the weekend and and find out how he's doing and whatnot. But yeah, he's a deep friend of ours, a deep friend of the shows. Um, it, what's interesting is I was talking to um, our common friend, Eben, about this. Um, and he mentioned that um, one of his friends you know, it was like, Oh my God, I, I love Preston from bet the process. So like kind of equating Preston from our show, it was kind of, it was kind of cool. But anyways, we, we, um, our prayers are with you, Cheetah. Um, we are hoping the best for you and, um, hopefully we'll have you on, um, soon, uh, with some good news and a report in on how you're doing. Uh, but, um, we, we you know, love you, man. And we, we hope all is well with you. I agree. That's, I'm glad. No, sorry. I don't know how to follow Rufus, that up. The, like the, the, look, I don't the know awkwardness what to... scale for you unintentionally I is, is at an all time high. Okay. What, what was your most but, tilted? But I, the week? No, I, I'm glad. I'm glad they caught it early. Well, we don't know anything yet. So let's I know, keep, well, I just saw crossed. what he said. So let's, let's just, let's just, okay. let's just, let's not jinx That's anything. Daddy. Um, so I guess for me, I get, um, Okay, for me, the most tilted moment, I guess, was probably the fact that I got strep throat and I got it after I had had um, my I had, had my throat had been feeling sore and I assumed it was basically that it was going to just clear itself. I, I got it from a friend who I knew um, in Vegas who had gone to the doctor and te- and just they said it was viral. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I clearly got it from her. I'll I'll get over it. Um, and like, I wasn't getting over it. So I finally went to urgent care and I had strep throat. So I've been on antibiotics the last like nine days or something like that, whatever it is, maybe seven, but that, that was kind of tilting. Cause I basically had a week not feeling well. And then a whole nother week where I have to like be on antibiotics. And so Got it. And then Kurt Kitayama didn't ship it for golf. That was not. That oh, was you had Kurt Kitayama, oh, yeah. huh? Oh yeah. But oh, I thought you said you bet some Rory, right? Spoiler alert. A little bit, but we had a lot on Kitayama. That would have been a biggie. That would have been. Yeah. Why did? Well, who is CJ, and why does the CJ Cup move from the Summit in Las Vegas to South Carolina? I think it's a Korean company. No. Yeah. But it was um, in it was at Summit in Las Vegas last year. Yeah, right? I think that was because because of COVID and stuff. Still, but. It was the CJ Cup was at Nine Bridges in Korea for a few years before that. I always associated it was the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, but there were um, there were some Korean players in the field that are not PGA Tour players, and so I think there's some sort of I don't know what the deal is with that exactly, but I mean you you want to see a strong event this week the Butterfield Bank. I know there's like the field is pretty weak, right? I bet no. Denny McCarthy. Denny McCarthy is the the top guy in the field. Is he the favorite? Followed followed by, according to my numbers, longtime uh, favorite love hate relationship, Patrick Rogers. P Rod. Uh, P Rod. Uh, Thomas right. Dietrich well, is like I think the second highest or second 
lowest odds, you know, the second favorite. Yeah, I was like looking, I was like, man, Thomas Dietrich, I make him like 55 to one. So I don't understand the Thomas Dietrich love in the market exactly. This is like when you didn't understand the Max Homa love and see where that let you. Yeah, he proved me wrong. Some, yeah. He's definitely a better golfer than you thought he was. Well, he's become a better golfer. He was a better golfer than you thought he was at the time too, I think. He's become a better golfer. I didn't really think, I didn't think a lot about Max Homa. Um, at that time, okay. So, when you're going to sleep, no. Uh, I do want to do a quick little intro to our guest this week. Um, we're gonna have Jason McIntyre on. He's gonna join us in a second, and I think this was one of the most difficult interviews that I've ever done and ever prepped for because, um, amongst our listeners and our demographic, I think J Mac is a um, controversial character. And I actually think he's, as I, I mentioned a bunch of times in the interview, um, a nice human. So don't feel the need to trample on a nice human. But clearly, there are things that he does and says that we have disagreed with over time. And so we try to guide this conversation in a way that's constructive as to the co- level of conversation that we have about the idea of how mainstream media or how general um, sort of like talking heads talk about sports betting. And um, especially when they aren't, I would say, super knowledgeable in the area. Um, And so we're going to sort of present this to you guys. Um, I think would love to get feedback on this in terms of if this is something you guys want more of, because there's certainly other people that we can have on. I think that would, that would come on and have this debate with us. And on the the back end of this, I think Rufus and I will talk a little bit about our reaction to the interview itself. Um, now that we've, cause we recorded it last night. Now that we'd ha- had a night to reflect on it, which I think both of us probably have to some degree, and we haven't talked about it yet. So it'll be kind of raw, but I don't want to overly color your impression of it before the interview. Rufus, do you have anything to say in advance of the, of the yeah, interview? I'll say there were, there were some moments that were, that were difficult for sure, where I was sort of like, felt a little awkward. And I felt like, you know, I kind of, I think there were times when I kind of came in and tried to kind of be peacemaker a little bit or, or sort of um, not peacemaker, but, but, you know, I like people, I, I, I'm a pleaser. So, um, but I thought, I, I thought it was definitely an interesting interview. And so let's, right. let's, uh, let's get it on. We'll catch you guys on the back end. We now welcome in Jason McIntyre, who is Fox's all things betting uh, analyst, uh, co-host of The Herd, and a uh, more importantly, a father. I think all of us that are fathers want there to be that to be the thing that we we lead with, um, certainly. So, uh, welcome, Jason. Welcome to Bet the Process. Thank you for inviting me, Jeff. Uh, well, we were, we've been looking forward to having you. This has been difficult <laughs> to schedule. So let's start with, um, just a little bit of your background. How did you get into sports media and sort of, uh, how did you get to where you are right now? Um, gee, do you, you want the abridged version, the cliff notes? Uh, yeah. Cliff note, cliff notes, cliff notes. Yeah. Cause I'm kind of old now. Um, I'm not young like Rufus and you. Uh, I, I don't so, know yeah, how, old are, how old are you? I don't know. Be close, close I, to I, say I'm not older. in my thirties anymore. Let's just say that. Um, I'm, I'm 49. So I bet okay. I'm older. All right. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, old man. Boom. There goes the dynamite. As the kids I, say. Uh, 
I went to college thinking I would come out and be like a, uh, a beat writer, a columnist. I grew up reading the Washington Post in uh, Virginia. Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon, picking it up on the driveway every morning. And um, then you get out of college and the internet happens and um, pretty quickly find out that, uh, you know, newspaper's not really where it's at, where the future is going to be. And uh, pivoted to magazines. I was fortunate enough to get into the uh, glossy magazine world right at the time when Janice Min was taking us weekly to the moon. And um, from there, I started a website, a blog, anonymously, I should note, because I have a feeling that's going to come up later. Um, and the blog kind of took off, and I, I was able to sell it a few years after that to a company that eventually got bought by USA Today. And from that, I got noticed by FS1, which was kind of starting a rival-ish to ESPN, and uh, moved out to LA with my family. And six years later, here I am now on a, I mean, I've been on every TV show at FS1, and you know, I kind of ushered in gambling there with some other guys at the network. And um, I started a podcast. I used to do a weekly radio show where Jeff Ma made, what, a couple appearances at least. I mean, Jeff and I were uh, okay. Back in the day, uh, like 2017, I think I had you on the radio show, maybe 2018. And then, um, my goal had been, I, at this point, geez, I would love a daily radio show. Um, and it didn't really materialize, but podcasts were popping. And I had started one at, at Fox. They didn't really know how to monetize it at the time. So they were like, ah, oh, that's all right. You, you, we're not going to do it anymore. A gambling podcast. This is like 20, 2017, 2018. And so I started a daily podcast for iHeartRadio, and we do a lot of gambling on there. And uh, now I'm on The Herd. And uh, I guess that's kind of my, my sports media background, if you will. So how did you then become a sort of sports betting expert? <laughs> uh, expert, I love that term. Everybody's a sports betting expert, huh? Um, well, I mean, so if, you don't, had... if you don't qualify yourself as one, that's that's. That's great. I mean, you. What, what would you well, call I, I yourself? Who, who, because you're out, you're out there talking about sports betting. You, you said you kind of like started this sports betting thing, ushered it in at Fox. So if you're not the expert, you're a pioneer, or you're at least being purported by Fox to kind of be an expert. Correct. I mean, you're the one using the word expert. Uh, I don't think I said that, but um, essentially. When I was at Fox at 2016, 2017, they had gutted the entire digital team. It, it, I don't know if you guys remember reading about it. Jamie Horowitz, they did this pivot to video thing and they stopped doing uh, stories on Fox Sports. And, you know, I was I had been doing gambling at the big lead back in 2007, 2008. We would do weekly NFL picks, uh, continued after USA Today bought it. And I'm at Fox. I said, guys, why don't we do a weekly gambling video we're, we're pivoting to video away from the, the written word. So I would do NFL picks and college football picks, breaking down the games, talking about the lines and they were pretty successful videos. So we started to do more and more of them. Eventually, you know, gambling becomes kind of big in, in mainstream media. Fox goes bigger, does ends up doing a TV show with um, cousin Sal um who else is that? Todd Furman, Clay Travis. I appeared on there. Jeff Schwartz, bunch of guys went on there and then they scuttled that show, I think a year ago, but they still did streaming shows. I would do them with uh, Colin Cowherd, uh, Sammy P. I don't know if you guys know him, Jeff Schwartz, a, a host of guys. We would do basically weekly gambling videos 
breaking down the games and the lines, talking about them. Um, and, and they were extremely successful. The videos were, were terrific. And so that but, gambling. Uh, so by what metric are you saying that the videos were successful? Fox told us the numbers were through the roof. How were how are the how was the actual content that you were delivering from like a useful to betters? Do you think Did, was that something you guys thought about, or I were you just kind of like looking betters. at ratings? I, you'd have to ask betters that. I, I don't know. I mean, did you watch any of them at all? Uh, I may have watched Lock It In once or twice just to see what it was, but generally um, was never overly impressed with the level. I mean, it's hard. Rufus and I know. I mean, like, yeah. there's we would probably rate ourselves as well below average in terms of our ability to deliver good content from a television standpoint. Like I look at people like you and Doug Kazarian and whatnot, and you're certainly like a level above where we could ever be as television talent. I think. Well, well wait, why is that? Well, I mean, I, I, first off, I agree with Jeff and Jeff was exponentially better than I was on camera, but I think it's, we, we, we come from different backgrounds in a way. I mean, like, as you, you know, it, it is difficult to be good on camera. It's, it's something you have to learn and train at. And, you know, you, I mean, we don't have the journalistic background. Um, I don't think either of us spent enough time trying to be good at it. Now, I think, I think the question becomes like, if we had spent more time, could we have been good at it? And I don't know if we'll ever know, but I think in our cases, like probably not like television is well, not my medium of this? choice. Can I ask a question, Jeff? Can you define good? What is someone good talking about gambling on? Like, give me an example. Entertaining, I, I, right? I, I don't. Sorry, go ahead. I think making the content engaging to the listeners or viewers. Well, so there's there's two things, and I think the question you're asking, Jason, is kind of the right question and gets to the core of what we'd love. What I would personally love for this interview kind of to be about, which is you are sort of this mainstream voice in sports betting, and in, in I think in the the world that we live in, i.e. the listeners of Bet the Process, all seven of them, there you are a bit of a controversial character because while you have a strong voice in sports betting, I think that many would consider the information that you're delivering to be not very useful and in some respects um, often misleading, right? And, and we can get into specific examples of that and Again, like I don't think it's intentional, and you kind of alluded um, early in this to oh that you or and I were fine back then. Well, you and I are still fine. Like I still think you're. A, a, anytime someone talks about you, I say he's a really nice person, right? The you reason remember, that I you have to remember, J like Jeff, like I mean Jeff says, you know, talks says shit about to me all the time on like, but it's it's not personal. Jeff is. Sorry, Jeff. I don't mean to like. No, it's not. Your toes it, here, but it so, isn't personal. It's it, let, it, no, let, the way let me you, just yeah. get. Let me just finish what I'm saying. And and I think ultimately, the reason that I because you had asked me to come on your podcast um, a couple times afterwards, and the reason that I didn't want to come on is because I didn't want to have a debate with you on your podcast that I didn't think you were necessarily prepared to have, which was about the areas or the things that I felt like you as like a you know pioneer in sports betting on Fox were sort of like getting wrong, right? And like, what were the things that I, I felt like you weren't necessarily delivering correctly to the mainstream better? And, you know, we were texting about this before you came onto the show. And I think you were 
um, a little surprised that there were things that we felt like you were getting wrong. And so happy to sort of chat about them a little bit now as as we talk through this. Um, and, and hopefully, like, maybe we come out of this with more of a shared understanding of where we believe, like, your or or the mainstream media should be somewhat taking the, the conversation. And maybe we'll end up agreeing to disagree about it. Well, see, that's a, a, where, where, where the mainstream media should take the conversation. I mean, I don't think that's, like... You know, not to say I don't think that's for you to say, Jeff, like there are bosses who look at the metrics and break down the viewers and all that stuff that they care about. And, you know, the talent, if you will, listens to them. I mean, listen, you're a little bit removed from the average guy. You've sold a bunch of companies. You're probably worth 50 million bucks. I'm just guessing. Like you're obviously extremely intelligent. You had a movie made about you, which is I, I, I love your background. That's why I had you on my radio show like you're an impressive dude. That's why I wanted you on the podcast to talk gambling and help make the audience smarter. But this idea that you think like any one or two mainstream guys can suddenly say something. Um, and all of a sudden everybody's going to get it. I, I, I don't know that that applies, but I do want to answer or try to answer your question. You seem to think either I'm doing it wrong or Doug Kazarian, somebody you mentioned is doing it wrong. I just, let's start here. Who on TV is doing it Right. That's but a that's really not, good question. That's, and that's, no, no, no. But, but wait, 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 wait. But that is not the point at all, no. right? The point think, The point is not that everyone's doing it wrong, so why bother? And is, I agree with I agree. No, with no, you. no. I, I didn't Most say people that. Most people are doing it right. I think but, we all But agree. Jason, and I, I agree with you that I am certainly not in any position to tell the world what is right for mainstream media. What I'm, what I, what Rufus and I, are entitled to do is talk about the content that we would like to deliver to our seven listeners on bet the process. Right. And as part of that, that is a, you know, we, we've never taken a, you know, sponsorship dollar for the primary reason that we want to be able to control what we talk about. So we have, we have ultimately the right to deliver the content we want to. And, you know, whether, whether we have the right to judge other people's content, we can discuss that. But I think in our ivory tower on Bet the Process, we have the right to do that, right? Yes. And so but, having, but, okay, and, maybe and I, I, I want to follow up that too. And I want to say that I do think Jeff and I are in a unique position in the fact that we both have been in a position where we had to deliver content that wasn't under our control exactly. We had to do things the way bosses wanted us to when we were at ESPN. And we both felt that I think it was challenging um, both in terms of the TV side and, but it was also challenging to sort of deliver the message we wanted to deliver and have it be entertaining. I would agree a thousand percent. I mean, Rufus, I know you've done this. If you go on TV and try to mention DVOA, for instance, or I'm not not going to mention DVOA, but fine. (laughs) I I know you're above that Rufus, obviously. I'm Um, I'm just joking. uh, EPA, you try to mention any, you guys know you mention any of that stuff and the viewer channel or it's going over their head and it's irrelevant to them yeah um and, and i know you know that jeff and like it, you i think we can both agree it is a challenge to as you said educate the viewer the same way that um what's the cnbc guy jim kramer uh you know yeah. jim kramer puts on a show that everybody in the in the uh financial world blasts oh this guy's a clown he's a goober yet millions of people tune in all these sheep watch him and jim kramer's you know uh, on top of the the CNBC financial world, right? Okay, let's let's kind of go unpack that then, because that's a good 
segue into the next set of questions, which is like, do you think that you are qualified to give betting advice? Well, let's, okay. I, I hate to answer a question with a question, but what do you need to be qualified to give betting advice? Is there, is there a written test that you got it? I know at FanDuel, I did a show for FanDuel and they made you take a test before you went on air. Um, that's, a, that's really cool that they actually do that. Honestly, I think that now, I don't know if they do probably that should this be a minimum like, basic. What was, what was on the test? I dude, it was like 2017. I barely remember what I had for dinner last week, but uh, it was a show with Lisa Kearney, uh, guy, Dave Weaver, who's a pretty nice guy. Um, a couple other people rotated through there and, um, I was, okay, well, I, I will, I will, was on a test, you, oh. and, and let, let's all go one by one and try to do this quickly okay. and but, say uh, what but, we, uh, but a question like, a great well, we question think, well, is like, okay, go ahead. What I was going to say is, why don't we say what we think qualifies someone to give betting advice? And in my mind, what qualifies someone to give betting advice is that they've actually made, you know, they've had to basically stake significant, like, worth of, of their, you know, of their self-worth or what, not their self-worth, but their their worth, their net worth on 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 a game. And they've they've had to sort of, originate thoughts around like the right side and they they sort of understand the process by which people should use to make positive expected value bets that's in my mind what what it takes okay i'll go i'm, I'm actually going to say something very simple i'm going to say the requirement should be you need to have read the logic of sports betting because i think that kind of it gives you a it, you need to have read minimum. it and understand the minimum it. and understand it because i think that do you know what I book we're referring with, to, Jason? <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking it out. up right now. I'm it's order it's it on a fit, like tonight. you should 100% read it. It is a fantastic read, and I guarantee you'll come out of it with a better understanding of the industry. Hell, I did. Um, and so I, I do think that I disagree so now, with wait, Jeff uh, that someone Rufus, needs to ask. actually have gambled for a living or, or say, well, we've, we've disagreed about this right. forever. But, but my so point is, go, I think go you go need to have a good understanding of the industry, understand the hold somebody's betting into in a specific market and know that you're giving somebody like if you're giving somebody a pick in a market where the house edge is 30% that that's probably, you know, not going to be great for them. Whereas if you're giving them a, a, you know, a bet in, in a, you know, in a market where the hold is a lot smaller, that's, you know, it's going to be less, less bad. So Rufus, this, the author, uh, Matthew Davidow, this is a guy, I, I, I did one Calcutta with you guys, I think college hoops. And I think he was in that. And I've heard you, I listened to a couple pods beforehand. Um, he, he's, you guys are in with him, huh? He's the one guy I would blindly follow. Like when, I mean, he is, he is, he's the, I think, I believe the, the sharpest person in the sports betting world. Can I ask what, what makes him sharp? I've I'm known him down. since 2015. I just, I I no, it's name. fine. Like, I mean, he he works for a company that that provides odds for a lot of sports books, especially, and, and they specialize in in sort of live odds. Um, he has these amazing. Jeff, you look a little. Models. Jeff, you look a little surprised that I'm asking about Matthew David L. But no, I'm not. I'm not surprised that you don't know who he is. That's that's no, not. I, I mean, I'm, he's I'm not just, a mainstream I media. I don't want That's I, the thing. Rufus, I don't want to get into a tangent on David Dow right now. I like. Well, wait, love, what, we know. Oh, no, but what makes him? I would say the way he thinks about things. He's a ridiculously good, creative, logical problem solver, basically. And he's able to think through problems like in a way that is just really unique. Okay. okay. So, so uh, I'm, I'm just going to apply what you guys said. And, you, you know, you guys love to paint me as mainstream media. Like I'm some, like I'm a huge deal. Um, 
obviously ESPN is massive. Uh, CBS, I'm sure, is massive. NBC. But there's a guy by the name of Pat McAfee, a former NFL punter, who has this giant megaphone. And one of the big metrics, because I've talked to all the gambling companies, like they're looking to scoop up talent to work with them. And all that anybody says is Pat McAfee can get people to gamble for whatever it is, his shtick, his jumping off boats. I, I don't pay attention to a show. I don't listen to it. Do you think if you said this Matthew David Ausfield or um, everything you said, Jeff, what, what do you, do you think that would apply to Pat McAfee as well? Cause I know you think I'm a big deal, but apparently Pat McAfee is the biggest deal in sports gambling and sports media right now. Well, so here, here, I mean, it's a, it's a very astute point and good comparison on someone like Pat, because ultimately, you know, where we should have issue is more with even someone like him who's driving more people to gamble in un, um, irresponsible ways, ways yeah. and irresponsible ways, right? I think where I'm, the reason I'm interested in leaning in with you is because I actually think you do care. I think you do want to represent um, a you know smart point of view on betting. And I just don't think you fully grok some of the ways that you, that some of the, like, I don't think you, you kind of know what you don't know. Right. And again, like I didn't want to come on your show because I didn't want to attack you on that show. Right. Be and, and go into that. Like, let's, let I'll let, we can just get into some specific well, okay, examples. Fair, fair of this. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. So Rufus has come on a couple of times. Uh, I don't know. If Rufus is a thousand episode. times nicer than I am. I'm, Rufus has a great website unabated, which Thank is you. pretty damn impressive. I appreciate and, it. And I'm just curious. So Rufus, all these gripes that Jeff has about me, and I, I, I know Jeff's going to try to get in all these interests. I said a tweet five years ago about some shit. I'm not going to, I don't care about that. Okay. But Rufus, I'm curious, listening to the actual content, did you think, I don't know what I don't know. Obviously I don't know what I don't know. Right. Well, I think that we have different backgrounds and like, look, Jeff and I 100%. have bet in large stakes and have been, you know, look, we've had this podcast for five and a half years. I've been betting for a living for 13 years. I mean, clearly like we're going to have, I think a little more depth of knowledge on the industry just because of the way we interact with it, I guess. Cause like I, so. Well, let's, I, let's get, I, let's get into specific. Let's get into specifics. I guess it's the same way. Wait, like I've done media stuff, but I, there's a ton that I don't know that Rufus, you could tell me that not, I don't know. Is, so that's like, my point. This is yeah. not. Okay. Let's get into specifics and just hey, I'm try just answering the question, Jeff. <clears throat> I mean, hopefully, <laughs> what we get out of this is maybe our listeners learn something, right? So there is this concept in mainstream media, and like I listen to Simmons, and you know, I listen to other people like that, and they'll talk about value in a bet, specifically around futures, right? How do you, as a sports better, define value? How would you determine if a bet had value? You mean like right now, week eight futures in the NFL? Yeah, futures bet in the Just NFL. Like your process, a, a money line bet. Like oh, how do you determine a college bet? For instance, the upcoming college basketball season. Sure. So, uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to college football. So, as soon as the national championship game was played in January, um, you know, Fox bet. You know, I work for Fox came out with lines for the national championship for the upcoming season. So they were like, Jason, go through, pick some with value. So I wrote up the piece. You could find it online. And one of the teams I picked was USC. And I think I, I it could be wrong. At the time, they were like plus 8,000. I wrote them up. All these people scoffed. I said, God, listen, they, they got Lincoln Riley. Um, don't, don't be shocked if he brings all his Oklahoma guys over. And 
all, all of a sudden, of course, USC has a great, great run. It ends against Utah. But for instance, I thought USC had value at the time priced plus 8,000 back in January. So I bet them. I thought they had a legitimate chance at the championship. And it's obviously not going to happen, but I will go down saying a plus 8,000. There's value in that because come, I don't know, September, what were they like? Plus 1600, plus 18, something, something along you're, you're those saying- lines. So for me, I thought I, I perceived value in USC way back in January. And I'll do that for college basketball, uh, which is coming up. And I, I love the NCAA tournament. Um, I did that for some NBA uh, props that I put on my podcast. But that, that to me is how I perceive value. Okay. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll talk through one of the most probably seminal moments in sports betting over the last 10 years. What do you, what do, like, if I were to ask you guys, what was the? Oh, wait, sports hold on, Jeff. Th- You're not going to tell me your thoughts on value. I'm about to. I'm. I'm getting into that. I'm oh, ge- okay. I'm, I'm. I'm getting into that. I'm leading into that. I'm doing what you and the sports business call. Uh, a le- what do you guys? Uh, what do? You, what do media people lead call in? this? I don't know. A lead in, like a. Listen, you're in the sports media. Man. Come on. So, yeah, but we. Okay. We, so there's a lot we don't. So, know. what Rufus? If I were to ask you, and J Mac, if I were to ask you, what was the event over the last 10 years the sports event over the last 10 years oh, the I, I know event, i know what it is the i know sharp, what you're, yep. the sh- where what that sharp betters universally would say had the most value what bet had the well, most value the most value or the because it didn't have the most value jeff just because of the odds but it had it was the easiest to recognize can we just say that okay right well let's just add Jim, yeah, okay. do you have any idea what we're talking about Hint, I'm going to go, I'll go out on a limb and say, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Ding, 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 ding. Exactly. Yep. So how anyways, do you, uh, can we move on from this? Va- like, Jeff, no, I, this is, a, no, you asked, you asked me to like, talk about value. You, we okay. wrote, okay. So, so this is, but so, I think that there's, I, I think where you're no, going. No, no, there, the, and, and, and again, like, this is not, this is, I, I don't like, we all have tweets. Like, this is not about rereading your tweets, but you did talk about how, in that match, the only play here is McGregor. No value in Mayweather. Yeah. And then that sounds you said, like a flippant tweet that I sent what four years ago. Five? But then you said, and then someone Jeff, responded. You, you don't even follow me on Twitter. Wait, wait, hold you're on. Calling up tweets of mine from. No, five I, years I think. Ago. I think. No, this is. I think Jeff's trying to get to a point. Hold. Yeah, I'm, I'm but trying I'm saying, to understand. I got it. Like, I, no judgment. Fair enough. Go you, for it. You. You wrote. Have you seen the odds? I'm curious to hear at what dollar amount is their value. 5,000, 10,000, and are you taking it, right? And so the amount that you bet, the amount that you bet should have nothing to do with the value, right? Like the value is, if if there's value, there's value, right? Yeah. But just here's the thing. Like if you want to pull up something I said on TV or on the podcast or on the radio, I get that. You say a lot of things. really think people take tweets seriously? Like- I mean, every Sunday I'm sweating all these games, you know, the Patriots. I'm sure if you look from this week, I said some dumbass shit during the Patriots loss. I had them in both my survivor leagues. Uh, I, I, I was kind of heavy on them. I know you're a Patriots guy. I'm sure so, I fired off stuff that's regrettable that I don't even remember. Because so, okay. So Jason, Jason, so let's, let's, let's forget about this tweet. Then how would you then react to this 
again, right? But again, Jeff, if, I'm not going to sit here and have you ask me. No, no, no. If you were, if five you, years ago, Jason, if you care. reflect, if you reflect back to that fight, how can you think I remember a tweet from five no, years ago? No, I'm not ago? talking. You, about, you remember the fight? Not, you remember I'm the fight? We're not talking about, about the tweet. I remember the fight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're not talking about. You, we're talking about probably the biggest fight, biggest bet fight over the last ten years, and you're the seminal, you know, pioneer in sports betting for one of the major media. How would you go back and look at that now? Do you do you have a different point of view? Do you think that like? Well, I actually, just told you. But I just said Mayweather, Did, right? So when you think you think like a lot of the value was actually on Mayweather and Heinz? Yeah, I, Jeff. I don't want to sit here and talk about a fight from five years ago. You wanted to talk about advancing the sports media. No, and, but and it's making it's, it a better community. I don't see how that applies to a tweet from five years ago. It's it's hopefully understanding what it means to have value, right? Do you understand now that value has nothing to do with how much someone bets, right? It has to do with what the actual odds should be versus what odds you can get. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I do think there's a, I mean, there's a lot of people that are, well, in the, in the sports betting media space that are like conflate value with like getting like something being a long shot. Right. Because it's like, oh, I can get it for cheap. It must have value. But things can be expensive and have value too. I could buy a like, I don't know. I, I can't come up with a good example. Okay, how did, but how does this apply to like block, making but... sports media on TV better? I, I, no, I think because right now, right now, if value you hear... and pri- when they conflate value and price, I do think that's, I mean, long shots do not always have value. I mean, people are like, okay, this parlay has so, value. Okay, it's so a six leg parlay and it's a, you know, 50 to one, right? I mean, Rufus, look, yeah. you're a big uh, golf guy. Is there a golf tournament this weekend? You can, is there, like, you could call up some odds and point out and give an example of this price versus value that Jeff wants to get into. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes so the thing is in betting on golf outrights, like it's a futures market. Everybody's a plus money. Um, everybody's a significant plus money except Tiger Woods in his prime when he was going off at like even money in some events. And even then there was no value there, but, but in general, I mean, I, I had a small bet on Rory McIlroy to win last week and he was the favorite, but I thought that he was still a little bit underpriced there. So. The, 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 the question again is the conflation of value versus price. And I do think like, again, like we can't have every mainstream media person on here but there often is um, a lack of understanding that a, just because something is a long shot doesn't mean it has value, right? Or just because something has, you know, negative, high negative odds for some, for, you know, like the whole concept of no safety or no overtime in the NFL in the Super Bowl, that's for a long time up until, I don't know, relatively recently, Rufus. I mean, how many years? But it, that's there still is that value on the his, no safety. It's historically had value even though it's a very ugly bet if you lose. Right. Oh, and, and there's, there's, there's not awful bet to make in terms of like, it's called a cliff jumper for a reason. If so, you lose. Yeah. Do you, J Mac, do you understand so how, like that conversation yeah. at all? Like, and again, like, like if it doesn't have happens, to be told in the lens no, of your tweet, but it, it's an no, easy way curious, to enter into the story. How, how do you think the sports media, CBS, well, pro football talk, whoever, should convey this topic that seems to be getting under uh, your skin. It's not, it's not getting under my skin, but what I would, what I would hope is that every person that has a microphone 
that's talking about sports betting that obviously, and again, like I do think you care and you want to learn and you want to get better at this stuff, right? Has the ability to understand that, you know, again, I'll go back to the Mayweather situation that just because he's minus whatever 400 or 800 or whatever, whatever he was minus 450, that that can have tremendous value. Right. And, you know, like it doesn't mean that you should always look for the long shot or the underdog to get value. That's a that's probably a bad lesson for a sports better to have. And if our mainstream media personalities are are espousing that, it's not a great thing for for, you know, again, us to perpetuate. That's all. So, okay. I mean, do you agree or disagree? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they should be espousing the right thing. You know, that's what we all strive to do. I mean, podcasters, radio, TV, everybody. Right. Right. Okay. Let's talk quickly about um, sort of understanding of market moves um, and understanding of, of, you know, like how you interpret market line moves. When you look at, when you look at a line um, and you start to sort of like reference a line. Yeah. Um, why don't we look at specific, look at this week's NFL lines. Sure. Sure. Let's look at this yeah, week's I'll, NFL I'll up, line. I'll pull up the unabated odd screen. There you go. There's a little plug. Shame, for unabated. Shameless plug. Do you typically, um, because I know you're big in the super contest. Do you um, look at those lines a lot in terms of referencing the, you know, the sort of mainstream betting or do you usually, what lines? Yeah, I mean, wh where do you it's interesting because uh, they don't come out till Thursday, but you know, you have the Don Best, the Don Best website screen open and you see Minnesota was or, six or and the a unabated half. odd screen open unabated. Sorry. Minnesota was six and a half. Um, against Arizona and now it's three and a half. So I'm just curious um, year to go on TV today. And they say, boy, Jeff, what do you make of this? Minnesota opens at six and a half down to three and a half now, huh? What do you make of it, Jeff? Who are they playing? Sorry. Arizona. Arizona. I will say that. It, so it actually opened at four at Circa. It opened. Let's, what's the 23rd? That's yeah. I'd Sunday, have to look Sunday. at like where it opened what you're at seven fifty PM. For example, at, Pinnacle at, at five and a half. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The, sorry. Maybe it was a look ahead was six and a half. I think so what is the, it. what is the look ahead from like when, when was it? Who's the sports book? Like what, what's that? What are you referencing as the look ahead? Let me go here. Um, oh, wow. Actually with unabated odds, I could see the look ahead like back. So the Don best team. opener has six and a half super book down to three and a half. Um, Four DraftKings, uh, yeah. There Who would you consider? Wh where would you consider? What sports book would you consider to be the the best met the best measure of the real market or the sharp market? I don't know. I, I lean Superbook. What about you? I would. Say, I mean, so we actually we look We actually have a, We have an unabated line, which is which is actually our proprietary like mix of. That we think is the sharpest line, which is a combination of, of the market making sports books based on internal and external polling. Um, and that's generally, it, it varies from sport to sport, but it's Bookmaker, um, Pinnacle, and Circa uh, are three that the three that I would say are the most sharp. Okay. And, and Jeff? 
Uh, I'd probably go offshore. I'd probably go Pinnacle or or Chris would be the two that I would look at. I and mean, Westgate's Westgate's Circa is reasonable. The yeah, they're all they're all they all copy the offshore ones, anyways, at some level. Right. Okay, so so anyways, so Jeff, back to this. So, assuming uh, it was fine, five and a half, whatever whatever you say, Rufus, down to three and a half. I'm just, what do you think is a reasonable thing for sports media people to say, TV, radio, podcast about that line move? So in terms of why it moved? Yeah. I would say it moved as a result of early sharp or early action. I don't want to say sharp action, early action at market making sports books on the Cardinals. Right. I'd also reference that the real move was, was from like five and a half to say three or four, which right. is not that huge. Um, even though the, the, the Delta is a relatively big number, it's not that huge in, a, a difference. Right. Five is a pretty big Right. But then the audience, you know, the millions of people out there who listen to the podcast and watch your show are going to say, well, why are those early market moves happening? And Rufus, your response would be, and that's where I think uh, here, here's we response. try to come in and decipher it, right? The market down the game. Our yeah. Opinions. The market on Sunday evening, the market is a lot smaller in volume. It's a lot less liquid limits are lower than it will be a week later. And so it is much easier to move the line it doesn't take nearly as much money bet to move the line. And so it's the whole process of price discovery that um, Matt David Dow and Ed Miller talk about in the logic of sports betting, where you have people that are firing in and, and the line is in essence, a lot more fragile um, when it comes out, because in essence, it is just one or a few bookmakers opinions that that line hasn't been, they put it up and they test it and it gets bad. And so they were reacting to what happened. They took it down after, you know, uh, like they took it down when the games were being played on Sunday, they put a new line up and they see what people, how people react to it. And it got, it, it appears the Cardinals got bet. And so they realized, okay, we were a little bit off there and they moved that line. But to me, it wouldn't indicate anything like, I don't know. I, I, there isn't some grand narrative as much as it is just a line mm-hmm. that uh, the opening number was not priced in a way that betters thought was, efficient all right we got we got to let jay matt go because he's got to put well, his kids I mean, down I, we have to I, ask I, him my, the questions though too jeff just my only thing to wrap up yep. on that like rufus you can see how if you know you were asked hey what's up with that line move like could you would that be like what you said to a large audience i i would yeah i mean i would try to say look limits are it, it's it's a lot less div- it's a lot easier to make a line move a week before the game because the limits are smaller. So in a way I would say I wouldn't put as much credence on the, like I, I wouldn't. Rufus isn't some- going to say anything that he doesn't know. Right. Like he's not, not going to make shit up. Like in this case, I think the general perception going into this game, right. One, I, I think you, you got to put this, like put this move into context, right. It sounds like a lot, but early on numbers that it's going through, it isn't Not nearly as much as we right. say, and and the but look ahead line six and a half. I don't know where where we're looking at that. Look where, where how far ahead that was. No, no, it was six last week at what was it? Bet online. Um, it was six last week, and I yeah, think I think Jason, I think you mentioned the, the look ahead. Look ahead is an interesting thing, and you can say, okay, look, this is this moved, but like because you know Minnesota had the week off, but the Cardinals played. I don't even remember. Well, I, how I they guess played what, last week, yeah, but. I guess what I'm trying to get at is like the audience wants some some sort of context around the game 
And I know it's all baked in the line and they know a lot about the game and the players and the coaches and the schemes and, and Minnesota off the bye week. But I, I think the audience wants m- like more context of like, Jeff, what do you think about that game? So wait, like, can I Arizona ask you a question, Jason? Wait, can, yeah. Jason, can I ask you? So let's say, I mean, I'm going to compare it to something in finance. Let's say Apple's price goes up $5. I, I don't even know what Apple's trading at right now, but let's say it goes up 5% in a given day. Like, okay. If you were Jim Cramer, what would you say if you had to comment on that? And it's, would you, I mean, in a way it's, you have, we create these, I mean, there's a gazillion reasons it could have happened, right? hundred million. We don't yeah. know. And I think it's kind of the same with line moves. In you, know what, you know what it was, Rufus? More what? buyers than sellers. There you go. You that's, know what it was? Reason. It was, it was uh, Cardinals betters than Vikings betters. And the point of this all, right, and, and I think the thing that is most important for you to deliver or for, for the mainstream better to know, or the, sorry, uh, the recreational better to understand is first principles. that line move may literally be like three or four groups going in and hitting this number. I mean, they're probably not even doing it because it's so early, but like a look ahead market means very little compared to a Sunday NFL market move, right? They're just completely different markets at that point. Well, a look ahead line, the limits are are minute. They're they're teensy. And so you could make right. an argument actually that people are maybe they're anchoring to this look ahead line too much. The books were. And where whereas that look ahead line wasn't necessarily that efficient, it just is such a small pond that nobody's really messing with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was using like a big I mean, fish the, and a small the, pot the, analogy. I mean, Jason, what, what is your answer to that question right now? I we asked you the I same just, thing. Again, like it, it's just, you're right. It is very different in that, you know, Pat McAfee, for instance, to use him as an example, since he's got a megaphone, I don't think he could go on his show and when he's making picks on Friday, kind of say that or whatever day he makes picks say that as an explanation the audience craves well kyler murray's a running quarterback and minnesota's got lit up by running quarterbacks and uh minnesota can't defend tight ends and zach Ertz is in line like that's the kind of context they round one around these games you know and i know that you're that i know funny, but would but you that's rather, an argument for one side in a way right that's an argument yeah, for you, one side but i wouldn't say that explains a line move that's but, just but no you, definitely but, not definitely not but would you, would you rather as a media personality explain things like Pat McAfee or explain things like Rufus? I think there's a happy medium where you can blend the two. I would hope there is because the, uh, that's where the largest audience is in between the hardcore numbers. I, I don't, I don't agree. I think it's mo- the, the hardcore, the, the big audience is much closer to Pat McAfee than Rufus. Right. But the, if you can find a way to say things, yeah, but until you lose a shit ton of money with Pat McAfee, an which is what everybody's way. doing. Sorry. Go ahead. But that's, but that's, Okay, so that's really the issue. And we, we, I don't know how much more time you have, but like we have like a few questions we need to ask you that are like sprint yes, questions. Yes, I know that the are, final seven questions. Yeah, the yes, final yes. from each, the one, one from, from each, each of our listener. listeners. But we can have the last debate before we have that. And that comes down to this responsibility of mainstream media versus the sports books to actually want educated betters. Um, we were kind of debating whether the mainstream media had a responsibility to sort of like 
help betters understand betting better and basically lose their money slower. Um, and then you brought up the point of the sports books, which I think was a good one. But the prop, I think, I think the the main issue for me at least is when those two get completely blurred. And in a case where I mean Fox bets and you know Fox itself, and there's a whole conflation of the sports book. It's like these vertically integrated media companies where the bottom of it is commerce, which means betting, right? So um, there's no one really that it's just like a pass the buck to me. Like no one feels there's responsibility to actually help better learn more or be better. I mean, I get that, Jeff, you listen, you've invested in a a ton of companies, right? I've invested in some, I wouldn't say it's right. No, he's, he started. You started companies. companies. Yes. Yes. You started companies. When you're asking people to invest, they're doing their homework. They're researching the shit out of you and the company and the products and the market. I mean, when, when we invested in this basketball team in, in New Zealand, you know, I go to my wife with that and she's like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? And then I start breaking it down for her. Well, here's the market and we, we've got an opportunity and this is their game plan. And, you know, we did our homework before we invested then we had an opportunity with a soccer team in Mexico with this uh, significant sum of money. And it's like, at first it's like, are we just going to blindly listen to people and invest? No, we're going to do our research. I mean, eventually, you know, I know that people just want picks and Rufus, you've talked about that on my podcast. Like we can break down games for 20 minutes and at the picks at the end, have a couple picks. People are fast forwarding to the picks. It just, that's what they want. They don't just tell me who, give me a winner. That's all they want. And you know that, and that sucks. And that's, if people aren't going to get better, eventually that's on them. I mean, this, the casinos certainly share a burden. Um, I think we as a sports media have to be better collectively, all of us, podcasters. Um, but I, I, do you have a simple, easy answer to this? I, I don't know that there is. And, and Jeff, I know you I know you guys say you don't take ads, but the way it's, I'm starting to hear like, the next couple of years is going to get even crazier than right now in, in sports media with the gamble. Um, I, 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 I know you we want have, it to get we, better. We, but- yeah, we have seven listeners, so it's no one's going to want to advertise on our stuff. So it's yeah. fine. We, we don't we'll we'll never have to worry about that ethical but, dilemma. But that crossover that crossover is is only going to get much bigger in the next couple of years. OK, we'll give you your seven questions and get you out of here. Uh, funnier, Rufus or Jeff? I think I think unintentionally, Jeff. Oh, well, now I'm unintentionally. Ooh, this funny. is I, I was yeah. Yeah, okay. This is this that was a surprise one. I mean, Rufus is funny, but some of the stuff Jeff asked with a straight face, I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay, continue. Smarter, Rufus or Jeff? Rufus has a website, so I got to go. Rufus. Least relatable food that you like? Fuck, chicken curry. That's pretty relatable. That's pretty relatable. All right, all right. Chicken right. curry is delicious. You, yeah. well, my mom's, my mom, you know, my my family, my background um, is heavily Indian. So, uh, a happy Diwali, by the way. Thank you. Hey, wow. Thank you very thank much. You. Um, yeah. I, I, least relatable food. Um, octopus. Yeah, people have trouble delicious. with octopus because they're so smart. But um, pigs, pigs are really smart too. But people still eat bacon. <laughs> they don't feel guilty because bacon. bacon's delicious. Uh, Man, favorite... Bacon doesn't look like the animal, whereas the octopus, you're like, oh, this is a tentacle. Favorite gambling moment ever? 
Uh, Mario Chalmers, three for Kansas against Derrick Rose. After he missed the free throw, Chalmers sent it to overtime. Kansas won. Um, that was a big one when I was younger. Was that like 2010, 2009? I think 2009, yeah. Favorite bet you were making in the next year? <laughs> um, and it doesn't have to be a financial bet. After the Patriots beat the Jets this weekend, Jets to make the playoffs. There you go. Getting come on. Uh, I, I guess betting on myself. That's my favorite bet. Worst loss you've ever had. Oh, man, the fucking Patriots last uh, this week hurt badly. Um, not that's not the worst. Uh, you didn't bet any money on uh, on Mayweather on uh, McGregor. You know what sucks is you remember all the losses way worse than the wins, and I can't come up. I'm almost done. I can't come up with a a really really bad loss. Um, That's good. That means you're gambling responsibly, <laughs> or not gambling enough. I don't know. It could mean either. That it might might be the latter. Yeah, maybe I need to step into your uh, step into your pantheon, Rufus. Okay. Final thing is person you'd follow blindly. Where follow where. Follow anywhere. Follow betting. Follow to follow to another town. Follow to another, oh, you know, man. network. Roger Goodell calls you and says, "Come be the voice of betting for the NFL." You follow him blindly. <laughs> um, there's some funny. Yeah. Anyways, uh, geez, is it losery to say my wife? She's smarter than I am. No, that's, that's a great that's answer. Wonderful. That's, she was an e- she was an econ answer. major. You know. Go there you go. Majors. Yeah. All right, Jay. Thank you for joining us. Um, hope we weren't too hard on you. You're a good sport for, say, Jeff, for dealing uh, with this. I'm a little surprised because um, I, I thought this was going to be like some kind of ambush. You know, I told Rufus that I was like, well, Je- Jeff, I, something feels off. I saw I didn't listen to the pod where you had the uh, uh, anonymous guy who, who's been trolling me for years. Um, Sizzle. I, sizzle sports yeah yeah by the way is that a real human just be honest they're all real humans Mac, and they're all like honestly they all are just wait, trying no, wait, to time race out, time. you you've met this guy i i've i've met i've met this guy that came onto our pod and trolled us really hard i actually met him and he was like a really lovely guy and yeah that's it's the problem not, These the thing is it's not personal though it's with but, the anonymity what do you mean no, I, I, I don't think it's the anonymity necessarily i mean i think that of course it is Rufus, okay they, they can they, say they things they don't have well if you're anonymous i guess or pseudonymous you can say things that you wouldn't be able to say if you had to worry about being politically correct and worry about you know what your company would think about it and you might get fired exactly. for saying something that, so, that's coward but, that's cowardice rufus come on I, I don't think it's cowardice necessarily. Oh. I think some of these people have built these online reputations for a long time. I I, th- I think one thing you should think about, and you could take this with a grain of salt, but like those people that are talking to you, you shouldn't just dismiss them out of hand. There are some really no no people who come at me respectfully. I don't dismiss them. When you're coming after me daily, trolling me anonymously, I don't have time for that. Like Jeff, life is too damn short to be dealing with you effing suck. You don't, but, but, uh, but, 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 but Jay Mac, I, I agree and I disagree. I, I agree that you should. I, I really, I really only had one thing that I came out at you, you about, which was value, and you weren't really willing to have that conversation about it. We were trying to turn it into a conversation to, to to talk about what value is and what it means, right? And so 
you said, well, I didn't ambush you. Well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm, I, I mean, I, you're, I, you're nice I, enough to come on the show, but I, I do, I, I do think it's important for you to start to recognize and, and you can, again, take this however you want, because like you, you can say it, it doesn't matter. I want to be like Pat McAfee, but I do not want to be like him. <laughs> I don't listen okay. to that. Guy. No, I mean, I think the point is people like, look, people like Jason, a lot of these anonymous people say really mean shit about me too. Jeff, you can attest to that. No, I can and, care less. Oh, no. But I mean, I think the point is I'm like, okay, if someone's being an asshole to me, then that's like, they're probably not a very happy person doing that. Like, and I guess they could still have a, they might still have a good message. And like, if they have a good message, then they're my teacher. And I should say, thank you. Even though they didn't say it respectfully, I should be like thankful that I'm getting a chance to learn something. And you know what, if, if they're wrong, then they're not actually criticizing me. They're criticizing this notion they have of me that isn't actually correct. So I shouldn't take it personally. That's how I try to deal with it. Yeah. I, uh, Howard Stern hyped the shit out of this book, the four agreements. Oh, it's an, it's an incredible book. Yeah. So I I read it. I got a copy of it. Don't take anything personally. And you know, I I don't, I just block the guys instantly. So I don't need to try to get worked up because Rufus, as you know, it's kind of tough to, to just absorb this. Like, there's never been a time in the history of the world where somebody could MF you that easily. Yeah, but I mean, think about this. All you can control is yourself and how you react to people. There's always going to be people doing shit that you can't control. No, 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 Rufus, there has no. never, there's no, I agree never there been never a time has, where but... you walk down the street and somebody just yelled, you suck, you piece of shit. Dude, I I've agree. been on TV for six years in LA. I've never had one guy, never yeah. one guy come up to me and say, dude, you're the worst. You stink. You're terrible. I know. I'm sure I'm not great. But I've never, not one person has done it. And maybe that'll happen. Um, but like people are so much more empowered with this anonymity. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to get worse when now Elon you Musk know what? take it over. I, I agree. But Jason, like, I think for me, having to, like, my journey of having to deal with, like, as, as someone who really cared about validation and people liking me, having to, you know, deal with criticism and taking it personally, like, helped me, like, has helped me on this journey to learn to like be okay with who I am and to not like to, to realize that all I can control, just like in betting, all I can control is my process with betting. All I can control in my life is how I react to things. I can't control what other people do. And people, there are going to be, no matter how many people you block, there'll be someone else that comes back and says something and it'll get in front of you. So I think the only thing you can do is say, you know what, this per like, okay, that's their opinion. Like, well, yeah, you know, the that, cool thing, you know, Sorry, I know, I know, going, but... I know inside that I've like, I know that I'm a valuable human being and that's no, no matter what somebody else is going to say about me, that's not going to change that. You yeah. know, well, I, I mean, the cool lovely thing wife who's is... an econ major and kids and all that. Right? Yeah. yeah. At the end of the and day, I love you no matter what you go, you go home. I got to go put my kids to bed in a minute. Yeah. I, we got a dog. I got the wife. We got out, you know, like I, I'm not, you got a good life. Uh, I, just, I Twitter's for fun. I dick around. I probably say some stupid shit that, you know, Jeff called me on uh, the, the tweet, whatever I said five years ago. Uh, and then I say every Sunday when I'm watching the games and sweating them and getting way too into it. Um, anyways, but yeah, I, I would say get, Rufus, once you settle down, get the wife and kids, th- these irrelevant people on social media will matter even less. All right, man. Thanks for joining right, us. Thanks, a lot. guys. Sorry to ramble. Okay. See Later. you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. So that was our interview with uh, Jason McIntyre. And as you guys can tell, I was doing my best to try to be a good steward. I think our friend says will probably be mad at me. Yeah, for Je- not- Jeff, I think you're going to take it from both sides, probably. Yeah. We probably I mean, will, because I think that there's people that wanted, I mean, I think, as you said, Sizzle wanted a 
you to go through all these tweets, but right. I, I mean, I, he, I don't think, he, I don't think that would have gotten anywhere. I, I really don't. I think, I think Jeff, the way you approached it was good. And I think we, it's an, it's kind of a no win situation because I think ultimately, I think what we were trying to get at with him, not that he was oblivious to, but I don't know if he really cared about it per se. Like when we talked a lot about the idea, like I had a bunch of questions that I had listed and it was hard to kind of get to them. One of them was just simply like, are you a winning better? And I feel like if I had asked him that, he would have said something like, well, what define a winning better, right? And like, I think there were just going to be more questions on questions. And ultimately, I think what what my goal of having that interview was, was to sort of create a dialogue around sort of the idea that that the mainstream media or the, the people that have a lot of the distribution at this time are not doing a very good job sort of educating betters or even understanding betters. Like that conversation that we had where he asked the question about, okay, so, you know, the market uh, in the Viking, the Vikings game opened at six and a half down to three and a half. What would you say to that? Right. And that now that I've had a minute to reflect on that, that question itself highlights so many of the, you know, challenges that I think that, that, um, people face in understanding even something as simple as the market, because, you know, one of the criticisms that people have had on him is using sort of the, 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 um, super book contest lines as any kind of gauge of, right. And so the idea that like lines are not all created equal, like lines in a shallow early look ahead market versus a Sunday, like those, actual markets are very different. Like throughout the week, the market changes the way that the market's impacted. Certainly a market, which in a uh, sports book, super book contest, isn't really even a market. So those lines don't really mean anything because they're stale. Like these ideas, these nuances are not something that's, that's sort of like um, he understands. And, and I think the thing that really, let me just finish the thing that really kind of like got me as I thought about this was how dismissive he was of his tweets, right? That really took me by surprise and I didn't really have a chance to react to that. But the idea that he can be so dismissive of a medium where he has 80,000 followers and just say like, oh, I just say stuff on that. That's like, to me, the sort of, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I tweet something out, I think a lot about it typically I just got Twitter blue so I could edit things. I'm trying to play around with that and see how the edit Wait, button works. Wait, is, is that a thing? Yeah, it is. You can thing. edit past tweets? You you can, I don't know if past or if there's a window or not, but like yesterday I tweeted something out and I had like a typo in and I was like, I'll try Twitter blue and see what happens. And, you know, I, I think Elon needs more of my money. So we'll see. Uh, so I'm um I'm looking back at your tweets. I want to find one that a lot oh, of come on. went into. Anything fun happening in Seattle tonight? Question mark. Well, but I don't. What I'm saying is, if I'm tweeting some, I wonder if the Celts will score again <laughs> this game. Fine, my probably not a good sign to be down five at this point. Yeah, okay, I know. My but, but, but my, there's also there's a bit of reactions and tweets, and I think what he was claiming was like he said that he tweets a lot when watching the game, essentially being like a DGen and just like rooting, sweating a game. Like just like all of us do sometimes. Like we don't. I don't. I don't generally tweet during that. But I, I like to. I like to make. So sure, I'd like. That, I'd like but... to. I'd like to believe that everything I tweet out is factually correct, right? Or like if I'm if I or am putting a tweet. What's that? Or an opinion. Right, but I again like I'm not gonna. Di- I'm I'm not going to put a tweet out 
and then just dismiss the tweet I put out as, as like, oh, that was a moment. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's reasonable to just dismiss the tweets that you create. Right. Like I, I think, right. Like maybe one or two, but like, the continuum of Twitter as a medium, right? And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that's what he's saying. He just uses it as, as a, as like his stream of conscious sounding board. So how can he be held accountable for that? But that, that just seems a little bit too convenient for me. No, he says Twitter is fun and Twitter is fun. It can be a fun thing to do, but it's also part of his brand. He's built a following on Twitter. Right. And what would you consider that brand brand to be? A, well, what, what, what did we say? It was a sports betting Fox sports betting pioneer. We called it something. Um, okay. So did you have any th- more thoughts on this? I did. And I actually was almost, I was going to interrupt you for something. And now I like, literally, I, I know I probably should have let the you moment run. passed. The, I well, probably should have let you is, I just don't have, I don't have as good memories as you do, Jeff. So I have to interrupt. Otherwise I'm going to forget what I'm meant to say. You can write it down when you're, when you're like waiting, you can just write it down. So that's, that's some people do that. So they don't forget. People I do write have a pen right here. Did you know that like the most successful people write shit down? Yeah, I have this notebook in front of me actually, Jeff, and it has Is it full like, of ideas? Yeah, it has something that says um more sim props NFL. <laughs> My buddy uh, Dennis Crowley who was he founded Foursquare, I don't know if you have Foursquare, but he um he always carries a little journal around with him and he'll like, he'll like, when you're talking to him, he'll like write an idea down and, you know, you feel like you said something really important when he pulls that like journal out and writes something that makes you feel good about yourself. You're like, Oh, Dennis just wrote that down. I used to have one of those. Um, what are they called? The, um, those cool little notebooks. You know what I'm talking about? The little ones. Cool. Trapper keeper. No, <laughs> it's like the recent stuff. Yeah, the moleskin ones. I forget, but but like uh, Mole, one the mole skins. One, I mean, the the kind of thing I would carry around if I went to like, you know, I would take it if I went to IKEA to write down the, you know, I don't know, ideas for furniture or something like that. But like, I would carry that around and actually write stuff down. Um, I would take it to my Buddhist class actually and take notes with it because I could just put it in my pocket. And I will say, early in my career, Jeff, I used to have notebooks filled with ideas because I was just afraid I was going to forget stuff. I would wake up. I would wake up in the middle of the night and had some idea about modeling double plays for a baseball simulator and I would have to write it down. So, okay. There yeah, you go. It's, it's useful. I mean, it's, I don't know how often you go back to it necessarily, but I think just, but I do think the act of writing it down is, has value as well as I, I will say the notes I've taken at Buddhist classes, I've gone back to a lot and has, they've actually been really useful for me. So not, I mean, actually professionally tangentially, but, you want your question of the day? Sure. Let's, let's get to it. Where this is from BPO Nation. They they're actually pretty active with us. So hopefully, um, at BPO Nation, where does Rufus think he will be in the betting space in ten years from now? That is a really really good question, and That's I honestly I have no idea. That's not let's a great just, answer, let's, but let's just but play it I, out. I, okay, so I think that what I. I think this is worthwhile time to talk about your little like archive thing that you found. We didn't talk about it last week. Oh, my archive. Oh, the, the pros and cons of a career move in the end of 2015. Yeah. So I think that 
there was a time when I didn't really realize where my alpha came from, I guess, or what my, what my value add was, because it's certainly not pure math and it's certainly not like being a great coder or anything like that. I'm a hat coder. I think it's, it's ideas and the way of thinking about a problem. And so I think that I would like to be in an area where I can be, where I can essentially be thinking more and actually implementing things less. So I don't know what fewer, 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 fewer implementations of things. I don't know what that translates to exactly, but I also think that I'm someone that likes new challenges. And so I don't imagine I'll be doing the exact same thing. I, I would like, ideally, I would have a lot of some betting stuff that I'm still participating in, but it's running on autopilot without me. And people are able, there's people pulling those, um, pulling those, what, what's that saying? Pulling the strings? The strings. Yeah, that's what people pull. I was like, like a I was going to say pulling doll. the ropes, but I'm like, you don't pull the ropes, you pull the strings. For a big marionette doll, maybe you do. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that, I think. I mean, where were you 10 know, years ago? Know where, that... where, where were you 10 years ago? And wh where did you think you'd like, where, how, how are you, where do you think you are now compared to where you were 10? Like, you know what I mean? Like I if you go back 10 years ago. Thinking about walking away from this back in like 2000, I remember talking with my friend Kobe back in, out in Vegas and being like, it was like 2013, or 2014. No, not Kobe no. Bryant, different Kobe. Um, he has two B's, K-O-B-B-E, but about walking away from it and just, um, he said something to me that, that resonated um, about that he thought that I was afraid of failure. And I was like, no, I'm definitely not afraid of failure, but I totally was. Interesting. And, and so I think in a way it's no, because if being afraid of failure is, is essentially being afraid that you're not actually good enough and that your, your success has been kind of lucky or it won't, won't translate to other things. And I will say, I can't work as hard as I used to work. I don't have the same drive to be able to put in the extreme hours and I can't, it's, I don't, it, I was talking with a friend of mine who's CEO of a, of a, of a company that's doing quite well actually. Um, but he was, he's my age and was basically saying that we had lunch today. He was saying the same thing that it's like, we can't, our brains don't work as we have more knowledge, but our, we can't work as hard. It's a lot harder to get things done now than it used to be. So, um, I guess I hope I'd be in a role where I can think more and work less, fewer. Work, work fewer. And, but where I was 10 years ago, I was certainly like, I mean, I think, I think what I'm doing now is a lot more similar to what I was doing 10 years ago than I thought it would be. I thought there'd be probably more change than there has been. Yeah. It's interesting. I've added, things, if I were... I've added without subtracting, which has been, which I don't recommend to people. Well, so if you think about, I mean, I have reasonable expectations for you and unabated. I think that you guys are onto something like I was obviously skeptical and I think you're onto something there. So you might be doing more with that. Although that, that to me seems likely that that would be a company that gets acquired rather than something you're still working on in 10 years. Um, that would be my guess. Uh, as far as I don't feel, I, I feel like the, that you were doing something very differently is if something in your life happens. If there's a big life event that happens that causes you to do something differently because you were, you're very much inertia driven and you don't, you don't do like you talk about change a lot, but you don't actually do much around it's change. True. It's true. I make little that I will change my physical location or I will do all these things on a whim 
but they're not permanent. The permanent changes I am much more reticent to make. Okay. Um, I'll, I will touch on a quick other one, which was from the diabetical. And he wrote, his name's Chris Jacobs. And he said, any thoughts on Wong teasers performing particularly bad this football season? And this was something that I know that Captain Jack responded to when, when Neil Greenberg put it up there. And this is again, like you and I've talked a little bit about Neil. We've had him on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a big this fan is why of I like I, big, He's a power user of unabated. I know, but this is why I have a problem with him, right? He's actually like, I crunched, he like put a tweet out saying, I crunched the math and Wong teasers, you know, aren't performing well this year, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's so my answer to this would be small sample size variants. Oh, yeah. Like it's just, sure. you know, like that, that's the answer. Right. And so like having someone that's supposed to be like this smart analytics betting guy, you know, saying, Oh, I crunched the numbers this year and Wong teasers aren't working so well. Right, but, but you know, they're, not, a, they're not working. Doesn't mean that they're not going to, they're going to continue to not work. That's we what actually I'm saying. We were talking like, about this in an unabated meeting last week. Cause I've been sort of advocating for this um, teaser product that, that I think is going to be really cool, which you could, by the way, you can already do all this stuff on unabated, but just essentially put it in a little bow in a way that's like easy for people, save people time on that. Um, like click this, click that it say how many point teaser it is, what odds you're getting boom. And it tells you well, green check mark. Is this a good teaser? What's the EV? And then it'll check mark or an X mark by each leg. Like maybe the whole thing could be good, but maybe one leg is actually not good. Um, and so I think that, I mean, but, but Jack was saying that I think the ROI from long teasers this year is like negative 40% or something like that. I guess that, I, I don't know what, at what odds that is. Jack was saying that or Neil Jack, was Jack was that it's because he was saying, well, you know what they've actually, because there, there was a lot more talk about teasers early in the year, but they've been performing so poorly. Um, so now there's a talk because they're performing so poorly, but right. I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's for sure small sample size. I think mm-hmm. you have a lot of, I mean, underdogs have way overperformed so far this year. And so you have a lot of sort of the, the seven and a half to nine and a half or seven and a half to eight and a half point favorites that have not covered and lost outright. And so that's going to be driving it. And so, I mean, look, one football season is really, really small sample size. A half football season is even smaller, half of it actually. So what about a quarter? Is that smaller or bigger? That's, that's also smaller. Okay. You, you got any more? Nope. Okay. Uh, an eighth? How about an eighth? Mm, also smaller. I have I have that written down in a notebook. Okay. Um, let's move on to our picks of the week. Um, I was unfortunately a loser again. I had uh, Detroit plus the seven because you talked me out of Kansas City minus the two at the time. Um, I, I told you that the Det- well no um, or Detroit pl- plus seven. Yeah, I also told you. I also told you, you didn't that like I that like either. Dallas too. I said, yeah. So well, but even you know, I know, I know, like whatever game script, blah blah. Who cares what what happens? But like, Detroit was going into score a touchdown to w- to take the lead in that game. I think pretty late in the third quarter, and had first and goal at the one and fumbled. Right, that's a pretty bad. Uh, turn of events in a game where you're getting seven at that time and you're about yeah, to go. And I up, had a lot of Detroit second half, so we were yeah. both on the wrong side of that. I had to Detroit second half also. So nice. yeah, yeah, but I'm one and three, so whatever. And you are now uh, I'm three and three two. and two. You had West pick, Virginia. Yeah, got boat raced. They boat they raced. did not come close to covering. They got boat raced. They got Basically. yeah. They um, 
They did. Yes. So should, should I get, should I go NFL or college this week is the question. I thought you said that NFL didn't exist in your world. I'm not betting NFL sides, but I still know you should stay with college. I like, I like, I like college. Cause that, that gives us a I'll little bit you, of like college flair. Yeah. And it's the stuff I'm actually betting. I'm yeah, going to find cool. the one. Well, I don't know. I don't know if this is good or bad that I'm going to give out something that you can get at a better price than I bet it. I think that's good because we say your shit doesn't have CLV, but it works. So well, I've we've gotten a lot more CLV lately this year because we're doing a lot more qualitative stuff and essentially filtering a lot more. So a lot more injury research, etc. I don't so, know. Do you what, do you have, think that like, that's good or not? Because like sometimes if your model is not doesn't have like injuries, it's like almost saying that people are the market's overreacting to injuries. In a way, yes. But being able to sort of analyze and say, okay, do I think the injury is worth this many points? It gives but you. But you're interview, you're, you're do doing it. this qualitatively in a way that like you're not necessarily the biggest expert to do. No, but I feel like I have a sense of positional value, at least from from the work that. I've done in the NFL from the work Kate and I have done consulting right. in the NFL actually um, as well. So, so I'm going to give, I'm going to give a game that, that has like that we actually bet at minus seven and a half and minus seven. And now you can bet at minus six and a half because I feel like that's better than giving you the game at minus 15 and a half that we bet at minus 11 and 12 and a half. Right. So last week, your stuff had such great CLV, but dude, it did. And yeah. we, and it did poorly broke even or something. I don't know. I think we lost like 19,000 maybe. Um, Rufus so the Yeah. Um, American dollars, baby. So I'm going to say Toledo minus six and a half. That's the price at the moment. We bet it at minus seven and minus seven and a half. So I'm giving you your... Uh, no, I love Market Toledo, resistance the to it. There's market market resistance to it. We Toledo's kind of like a steam team though. I feel like amongst Eastern the Sharks. Michigan like... switched quarterbacks last week and won. Hmm. Apparently it was an mean? injury. Yeah, apparently it was an injury, but the quarterback wasn't playing great, so it might be might not be a huge. I actually had Eastern Michigan plus three in that second half. Now that I remember, it was like plus three juiced, and I was trying to get a better number, but I from some of our friends and I couldn't. Uh, okay, um, I'm gonna go with NFL, and maybe I should ask you what you think of these games, and then maybe you can help me come to one that that makes. Just what do you think? Get another loser. What's that? So you can get another loser. What, what do you think of Denver uh, versus the Jags? That's a London game. I know. Um, I think that do what, what do you think about the probability of Russell Wilson playing? I think he'll play. He said he was rehabbing the entire plane ride. Oh, that's... <laughs> I make I that... nasty Peabody makes that Jags minus one. If Wilson's playing. So I don't know what I think about it. I don't have a strong thought. How about what do you think about Giant Seahawks? Um, we make it Seattle minus three point seven, so also no Ooh. strong feeling. Interesting. And then, what do you think about the Bears Cowboys? Um, minus nine point four, so also no Jeez, strong feeling. Please. This is not exciting. How? Okay, last the one. one the one, one, one we have a stronger feeling on is that one. Yeah. Tennessee? Yeah. You like Houston though, right? No, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Really? What do you make that line? You're the only 10 I see, Jeff. When do you make that line? Uh, minus 4.2. Okay. I'm, I'll take, I'm going to take Tennessee minus a two and a half. That's a game that is that um, we like. Um, Tennessee minus a two and a half. Should I pick two games this week? Wait, because what do you, I'm what do you, trying to get... 
What's up? Trying to get back. What do you think of the Bucks and how bad they and how like I mean, I think this is I know people don't come here to listen to our insightful NFL analysis, but they have been just how bad they, they played how bad they played relative to expectation going into the season and kind of how you think about how you think about priors and how much like how much weight do you put on how they've played right now and how Tom Brady has, you know, been going to like Robert Kraft's wedding and not spending time with the team and the personal turmoil he's going through. And does that, well, the personal tor- turmoil seems real like that. Oh yeah. It affects that you. not affect you. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, we, I've had in my mind, at least from like listening to people, I think like David Al and some other people that there was a chance that the, the Bengal, I mean, sorry, the, the um, Buccaneers would really start to, um, you know, decline this year because of their age and whatnot. Um, and you add that to, you know, the most important position they have, um, having someone that's what 45, that is clearly, um, potentially distracted at this point. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I guess it doesn't surprise me a ton. Um, but like, do you, where would you say, I mean, cause the bucks have clearly performed, especially on offense, like a substantially below league average team. Um, mm-hmm. but would you where would you if you had to like just intuitively put a number on what ranking you would say that they 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 would be in terms of like a power rating for for the entire team yeah for the bucks like right now no priors no no just no with priors like what would you say would you say that they're like a a 16 Sli- i'd say probably sli- slightly, slightly above, above average slightly, 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 slightly above elite. average okay slightly above average what would you say yeah we're we're, we're still high on them it's those are the priors, though, right? The pri- yeah, uh, yeah. The pri- especially on the quarterback. The prior can you take the prior? Can you take the priors away and see what you said? What where you have them ranked? Well, I would have them as a below average team without priors. I'm sure. Yeah, and it's something that, yeah, it, it it's. Something I mean, I they had injuries prior. at the beginning of the year. I mean, the problem is on the offensive line. I think is the issue for me. And Brady just is not going to perform well with 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 a bad offensive line. It's just it, it's just like. There's just no way. I mean, the reason he was so good his first year in Tampa was the offensive line was insane. They never touched him. I mean, he, I, he's got a quick release, though. I mean, they. I mean, look, look at how how many years he played behind a bad offensive line and made it look okay just because he he has one of the quickest, um, you know, quickest release times of any quarterback. I heard a story about Brady the year after or during that season. He was like sitting in a box at some game with Steve young and Steve was kind of like talking about how, you know, well, he was doing his age and Brady was like, Steve, you understand. Have you watched the games? No one ever even comes close to me. They don't touch me. Like the, 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 you know, he was like basically bragging about his offensive line and how like no one was getting to him. And that's changed a lot this year, you know? So I, I mean, it'll be interesting, right? This is one of those classic things where like if Brady went out, on Thursday and put up 350 yards and the bucks look like the bucks, would you be ultra surprised? No, probably not. And that's why I, I tend to think that like, I tend to think that the public is overreacting. We're things. overreacting. I think people yeah. overreact. I think, yeah, Well, we all, we all overreact. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but there's a chance that people are underreacting too. That's the thing. We, it's not definite. When, when I again, back to what we said in the beginning of the podcast, like, there are probabilities here. There's a probability that my that the Massey Peabody rating on Tampa is way too high. 
there's essentially a scenario where we are completely underreacting and this team is way worse than we think. And there's a scenario where we are overreacting and they're much better, right? I mean, yeah, we don't know. Okay. Make professional guesses based on numbers. I know you got a big date. I want you to be able to get print. I do not have a date. Uh Uh-oh. Didn't happen? She's got a cold. Oh, COVID? Hopefully not. COVID-19? The coronavirus? All right. We shouldn't joke about the coronavirus. Um, Well, then, then let's call it a day for now, Rufus. Is there anything else you want to say before we let people go? Hey, remember, by the way, everyone, to rate us on iTunes. And if you like this, I guess even if you don't like it, just rate it. But if you don't like us and you made it to this point in the podcast, I've got serious issues with your life and what else you could be doing with yourself. So hopefully if you made it, Download, subscribe, rate us on iTunes. You, know, give us at least you can actually, stars, you know, what would be least, fun is, yeah. is to just answer those questions of smarter or funnier Rufus or I on, on iTunes. So we have a permanent record of it next to oh, your God. That's because Jeff, Jeff is like, you know, Jeff, do we have a record of this right now? Because right now, Jeff, I think you're behind on both. So I think. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Um, Jeff, it's Jeff a blow to, to this it whole thing is like a blow to my ego. Um, I used to think I was both smart and funny, but apparently now I'm not as smart or as funny Few, as Rufus. Fewer, is, fewer smart, fewer funny. It's fewer. It's all fewer. Um, all right, man. Good, hey. good chatting as always. See you guys next week. Crunching all the numbers in the simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded. 